Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Built With Beck, your health and fitness podcast. This is your host, Rebecca Naveed, and this episode might confuse a couple people, but I promise if the titles confused you, I encourage you to listen through till the end because I might challenge some misconceptions you've been holding in regard to food, what it means to be healthy, the amount of flexibility you're able or allowed to enjoy while pursuing fitness goals. And I'm also going to share a little bit in how this has transformed for me throughout my fitness journey over the past few years. You're likely familiar with the phrase, food is fuel. And I'll warn you now, this episode is basically just one giant hot take on the phrase, food is fuel. Because personally, I think this is kind of a loaded statement, but let me break that down. I think the phrase or the saying food is fuel is a loaded statement because it does have a literal meaning, sure, but there are also many unsaid messages written between the lines as far as the way food is fuel, quotes, has been used in marketing, has been used just in the diet industry in general. So let me start by saying, yes, literally speaking, food is fuel. No problems there, all right? Food is the, or I guess calories from food are the energy that our bodies require to survive. So in the literal sense, do I agree that food is fuel? Absolutely, right? There's no refuting that. Food, calories is the fuel that our bodies require for survival. But like I said, this phrase, food is fuel, isn't just used literally. One of the messages that frequently accompanies the idea that food is fuel is the idea that what you eat matters, right? And that's kind of an undertone of saying food is fuel is we want high quality fuel, right? This is all coming from an analogy that's really frequently used still in the nutrition world. And at face value, I don't have any problems with this analogy, but I do think it can be misconstrued. The analogy that I'm referring to is saying that your body is like a machine and you know, do you want to give it crappy fuel or do you want to give it high quality fuel? Again, like I said, at face value, I don't have any problems with this. I am a nutrition coach, right? Like this is my career. My job is centered around educating people on how to eat and exercise in a way that honors their health, their lifestyle, and also their physique goals. So I would be foolish and it would be irresponsible for me to say that food quality and nutrient quality doesn't matter because it absolutely does. So the idea that literally speaking, food is fuel. Yes, that is true. The understated, or I guess the in between the lines message that you should be consuming high quality fuel then, um, I also agree with. But, dot, 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 (laughs) this is where the hot take comes in. I do draw the line somewhere. And let me tell you, here's where I draw the line. Food is fuel, but, or I guess I could say, and food is not just fuel. So let me take you back a few years in my fitness journey. We're going to go back to like my mid-teens, like early mid-teens, okay? About the age where you start recognizing things you don't love about your body. You start, especially with like the internet, you start seeing other bodies that you compare yourself to and just the joys of being a young teen girl. So I'm going to take you back to that time for me when I thought the key or like the secret to being fit, but especially to looking fit, was only eating clean, 
right? And this was during the time, I guess, when like Whole30 was super, super big, clean eating. Macros were kind of talked about, but not much. At least I was not exposed to the idea of macros very much. It was still like my fitness pal was everything and, you know, 1200 calories, Pinterest workouts and fat blasting this, that, or the other superfoods. All of that was the majority of the conversation that I was hearing as a young teen. So in my understanding, the key to looking fit, not even really being fit, the key to looking fit and having this body that I wanted was only eating clean, right? And eliminating the bad food and only consuming the good food. So in my teens to like through my early 20s, I restricted just off the top of my head the following foods at some point. Um, At some point, I eliminated sugar from my diet. I had also eliminated artificial sugar at one point. I quit eating dairy uh, for a certain amount of time. I avoided simple starches like white bread, white rice, white pasta, white potatoes. I eliminated fast food for a long time. I went years without having any kind of soda, regular or diet. I went through periods of time where I'd also eliminated pasta, rice, you name it. I'd probably cut it out at some point, right? And I figured that that's what the fitspos or thinspos, which like I can't even believe that that was as prevalent as it was in my life, but just in general, if you're hearing me say this and you're like, I don't know what you're talking about, you're lucky. Uh, I'm happy for you, but I am willing to bet that since a lot of the demographic that listens to my podcast is at least my age, like in their, you know, mid twenties or so, I'm willing to bet that the phrases, uh, thin spo and fit spo are not unfamiliar to you, but if they are, a fit spo is shorthand for a fit inspiration. And it would basically just be this idea, especially on Pinterest, Tumblr, and then it kind of bled into Instagram a bit of basically just like following people, especially women who had bodies that you admired. So if someone had like a really lean, very slim body, they were probably going to put hashtag fitspo on their picture. They would probably uh, be looked at as a fitspo, a fit inspiration. Do I think it's always the worst thing in the entire world to have an idea of a goal for yourself? No, but do I think it's damaging to self-esteem and perceptions of self-worth and honestly, conceptions of like fitness and health to compare our bodies to random bodies on the internet. Yeah, that's pretty damaging. Worse than fitspo though, we're thinspos and thinspo is no surprise here, thin inspiration. And this was basically just images of regardless of whether or not they were healthy, very thin bodies that would be glamorized really on different forms of social media. So that's what I was comparing my body to, right? These Fitspos. I literally had a Pinterest board called Fitspo and I would save pictures of people's bodies that I wanted to look like so that I would assume, you know, like, oh, if I just see these pictures enough, it's going to motivate me to like only eat clean. So the problem here is I had this idea of what I, or I guess these like assumptions of what I figured these fitspos or these uh, thinspos ate and what their lifestyle looked like. I figured that they only ate clean food. I was like, there's no way they have a sweet tooth like mine. They probably avoid all of these different foods with ease, right? They probably cut out sugar, bread, pasta, desserts. Like it's nothing. Like I just 
don't do that. I like food, right? They probably, in my mind, just saw food as fuel. I actually remember on Pinterest seeing this photo of like a salad or something. It was like some, you know, clean food. And the title of the photo or like the text on the photo read, how to train yourself to view food as fuel. Of course, I saved that to my Fitzbo board, um, assuming that, you know, I needed to train myself away from enjoying food. I needed to stop eating food because I liked it. And I needed to find a way to only see food as fuel because that in my head was like the key to achieving my dream body. It was just like find a way to give up the foods that I love um, so that it's easier for me to like only eat chicken and broccoli, right? And I just remember seeing so much language about training yourself to see food as fuel or making the mental shift was like another one. And I figured like that was the key, like that's what I was missing. I needed to stop enjoying food and I needed to start just seeing it as fuel. So I would Google ways to eliminate cravings, right? I figured if I quit eating certain things, I would no longer crave or enjoy them. And I can look back at these thoughts, at these misconceptions, at these ideas. And now on the other side, I see why that was wrong. I see the truth behind nutrition and fitness and all of that. But this isn't just something that was prevalent in like when I was a kid. And this isn't just something that teenagers wrestle with. I get on calls all the time with women who are interested in learning more about our personalized nutrition and fitness coaching. And many a times we will have conversations about cravings. We'll talk about dieting history. I will hear women tell me that they think they're addicted to sugar or they can't say no to this type of food, or they can't let themselves eat carbs because if they start, they can't stop. And it's the same underlying truth of like, People still believe so commonly that we have to view food as fuel if we want to pursue fitness, if we want to achieve our health and fitness goals. It's almost like enjoying food is this like indulgent no-no if you want to achieve a dream physique, right? And it's like, oh, I'm trying to not eat the foods that I enjoy because I don't trust myself around them. This whole idea, right, that like enjoying food is bad and we should focus our diet on foods that fuel us no more, no less. But here's the problem. I love food. I'm a major foodie. I love cooking. I love going to new restaurants. I love trying different cuisines. I love going to the movie theater and getting a bunch of snacks. I love baking holiday treats with my family. To me, food is much more than just fuel. Um, For example, anytime I have pumpkin bread or I smell pumpkin bread, it makes me think of my grandma who would come visit us and she would always bring her homemade pumpkin bread. Puppy chow, it's also called Muddy Buddies. You know, it's like the peanut butter and chocolate check cereal with... um, with powdered sugar on it. Puppy chow always makes me think of my sisters because we would have like city nights is what we would call them. And it was basically just nights where my sisters and I would put on our pajamas, we'd make a big bowl of puppy chow, and then we'd sit on the couch and watch a movie or just hang out, play a game. We would hang out and every time we had a sister night like that, we would make puppy chow. It's also a tradition in my family that on Christmas morning, my dad makes homemade donuts or every year for every birthday, for every member of my family, we all wanted my mom's famous chocolate cake. And that is a chocolate cake. Like if you have 
traditions like this is might resonate with you but this like chocolate cake for example to me was so magical growing up because we only ever had it at birthdays so we would always get so excited my siblings and I when it would be someone's birthday because we knew we were going to get to have the chocolate cake I share these examples because I'm hoping to show you like there is sentimental value, at least for me, attached to certain memories about these foods. They um, hold like sentimental value to me. They are traditional in nature. There is so much more than just fuel behind the Christmas morning donuts, the birthday chocolate cake, the puppy chow with my sisters. There is so much more depth than just calories and macros behind these foods. And I know that I'm not alone here. I've talked to so many women, like I mentioned, who believe the reason they haven't reached their goals yet is because, you know, they enjoy food too much. They're addicted to sugar. They can't control themselves around certain foods. They don't have the willpower. And so they are believing whether or not they realize it, that they have to force themselves to see food as just fuel or else they won't see results. But here's my hot take. You can be a foodie and still reach your fitness goals. You can have dessert every night and still see amazing progress. You can have creamer in your coffee and still see progress. You can eat pasta, bread. You can drink wine and still see amazing progress. You can have the Christmas morning donuts, the birthday chocolate cake. You can love the food you eat and still see amazing progress. But I want to pause here for a second. And I want to pause, if you've listened to other episodes from me before, you've likely heard me talk about this, but I feel like there are two ends, like two uh, ends of a spectrum in the fitness industry right now. One extreme on one end is eating clean, food is fuel, this idea of like you you shouldn't have sugar, you shouldn't have any of this kind of stuff that's just fun food um, for the sake of your fitness goals. But I also feel like there's now in recent years, this emergence of like the other end of the extreme spectrum when it comes to fitness of like, let's see how much quote junk food you can fit into your diet while still reaching your goals. I think this is a really loud conversation in the macro tracking world. At least it used to be. I have an older episode that I can link in the show notes that talks about how nutrition and fitness isn't just about macros. There's that big, if if it fits your macros kind of era. And it was this idea of like eating as much sugar-free, fat-free, light kind of stuff that you can fit into your nutrition goals and still reach your, you know, your, your dream physique or whatever. But I want to caution against both ends of the spectrum. I don't like that it's so prevalent now in the fitness industry to basically see how poorly you can eat while still <laughs> reaching your goals. Um, but I also don't think that means you can't eat any foods that you enjoy. So I want you to picture the spectrum with two extremes, one being eat whatever you want and still reach your goals. Um, and then the other is like food is just fuel. Don't eat anything fun. I am in between. <laughs> okay. So yes, you absolutely can eat the fun foods. You absolutely can still reach your goals. And at the same time, your digestion, your energy, your sleep quality, your immune system, and quite frankly, your physique, the look of your body will massively benefit from basing 80 to 90% of your diet on whole nutrient dense foods. Food can be fuel. And at the same time, food can be cultural, traditional, celebratory, sentimental, fun. Like food doesn't have to be one or the other. 
And this message was really on my mind a lot as we head into the holiday season. You know, it's early November right now. There's lots of conversations with my clients and with other individuals that I talk to, whether it be via email from the podcast or on Instagram, lots of conversations about being nervous of like losing our progress heading into the holiday season. And I was having a particular conversation with someone who was talking about how over Friendsgiving and Thanksgiving and then, you know, the Christmas season, if you will, how they're just going to try and stick to their diet all throughout the holiday season and how that was making her feel almost anxious of like, I don't know how I'm supposed to stick to my diet during the holidays. And so this has just been on my mind a lot, this idea that you can have both. You can enjoy the soul foods and the whole foods, if you will. So the nutrition coach side of me wants to remind you as you head into the holiday season to celebrate the true reason for the season, whatever that reason is to you, whether you're celebrating faith-based traditions, whether you're celebrating time with family, remember that the holiday season is not just about the food. Take a second to appreciate those around you. Take you know time to appreciate, again, whatever it is that you're truly celebrating. The food doesn't need to be idolized. It doesn't need to be the center of attention, but I really hope you understand. And, you know, I'm assuming since you're listening to this episode, to this podcast in general, you do have some interest in health and fitness. I hope you understand as the holiday season approaches that food does not have to be just fuel. You can eat something because it's a Christmas tradition for your family. You can eat something because it's new and intriguing and you want to try it. You can eat something because someone that you care about made it for you. You can eat something just because you want to. That doesn't make you less deserving, less capable, or less likely to reach your fitness goals. It makes you human. And a large part of enjoying food is enjoying food outside of it just being fuel. Again, enjoying it traditionally, enjoying it socially, enjoying it emotionally, enjoying it in whatever way that means to you. At the same time, keeping in mind that we can still enjoy food while basing most of our diet around foods that are good for our bodies, foods that are primarily whole foods and nutrient dense. We can eat well, we can hydrate well, and we can move our body and still enjoy our food along the way. Next week's episode is going to be kind of a deeper dive into the holiday season and discussions around how to navigate holiday eating, Friendsgiving, uh, Thanksgiving, and all of the things. So if you've listened to this episode and you're like, all right, that sounds great in theory, but like, what do I actually do when I'm at this potluck and there's nothing healthy to eat? Next week's episode, I think will be massively helpful for you. So whether you listen on Apple or Spotify or Amazon, download the podcast, follow, subscribe, leave a review if you enjoy the podcast. All of that kind of data, feedback, and support is actually massively helpful. So keep an eye out for next week's episode. But you can also check out the show notes for some other additional free resources. For example, you'll see uh, the link to the podcast episode I mentioned, how it's not just about macros in a fitness journey. You'll also see the link to my Instagram, as well as the link to our website, which if you're interested in seeing what kind of you know, offers we have behind our one-on-one nutrition and fitness coaching. You'll find all of that listed on our website, prices included. We are, as of right now, running a Black Friday promotion that's actually going to run through November 25th, which is the Friday after Thanksgiving, actual Black Friday. So if you are listening to this in time, you're interested in learning more about coaching, click the link in the show notes that says apply here. It's a non-binding, totally free application. It just lets me know that you're interested in 
in learning more about our programs. So if you're interested, again, you can find all of those links in the show notes, but that's all we've got time for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll see you next week.